This episode is brought to you by the book, Dare to Scale, How to Grow Your Business Gracefully. The book is written for the courageous business owner, the entrepreneur, you. Visit daretoscale.com books now to get your paperback, ebook, or audiobook copy today. As humans, we are incredibly resourceful. We are at our creative best when sometimes we feel our backs are against the wall because we have it in us to come out fighting because that's who we are. Hello, you are listening to the Dare to Scale show with me, Evan. And me, Varsha. This show is about all things scaling. Scaling your business, your journey, and you. You are here because you dare to dream. Dared to dream big. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. Or perhaps even join in. Hello and Welcome to a very different episode from what you've been used to hearing on here on the Dare to Scale show. Today is a coffee chat, is a conversation between two friends. The friend I'm talking about is Amanda. Amanda Schulter has been my friend, my colleague, friend philosopher guide, and we love our coffee chats. Over the years, uh, close to what, 10 years now um, that we've known each other, she's become a very, very dear friend, not just to me, but to Evan as well. And we watched her daughter grow up in front of our eyes. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful connection. And today's chat is just something that I could not have had with anyone else. And it's such a huge privilege to me that Amanda said, let's talk. And let's have coffee. And it's a virtual coffee, I have to say, because we haven't had the chance to sit down and have coffee for a while now. And and I thought, well, how about that? Let's have coffee and let's record this because let's make the world privy to our conversation. It's a very special conversation. And it gives me a huge honor to introduce to you my friend, Amanda. Amanda, hello. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction, Marsha. As you said, we've known each other a very long time. We have an interesting relationship, great dynamics. We are friends first and foremost, even though we met more as as colleagues. I think our friendship definitely has over the years overrided any other relationship that we have with regards to work. But yeah, I mean, you're right. We've, We've known each other for such a long time and we have sat down in many different locations across <laughs> Dubai and had a coffee or two and some random chats and laughs and yeah, let's let's do this virtually and like you said, let's yeah. share everyone else here what we have to say. Exactly. And particularly because we have a interesting topic to talk about today. We definitely do. Thank you for starting that conversation, Amanda. No problems at all. I think it's a topic that is uh, often shied away from mm. and it's great that you have the the ability to talk about it in the way that you do and I, I give all my respect all day every day to you Washa for for handling your situation the way that you are and the way that you're putting it out there to the room and to the community that are close to you and then out out into the world not everybody can do that so let's start with your situation okay you do refer to it as a situation. Uh, tell me tell me more about that. Why do you choose those words over everything else to describe what you're going through? 
situation. Yeah, why situation? Shall I explain mm. in brief what the situation is for those who haven't watched my videos that I've been talking about and putting out there? So situation is for the third time in my life, I've been diagnosed with ovarian cancer and I'm going through treatment. And for those watching the videos, go dig up some of my videos and you will know what people who are watching this video will know that I'm already undergoing my treatment. And this was, all this happened a few months ago in early May, to be exact, early May, 2022. Now, it took me a while to, as it does for a lot of people to, you know, get your ducks in a row go see all the right doctors, get all the right treatment, mm. um, the tests done, and just so a treatment plan can be put together. And in my own way, I started putting together a core group of people who I trust and I know they will be there with me with a smile on their faces. And while all this was happening, there was something becoming really clear to me. That morning when I said to Evan, uh, that we need to go to the hospital now. I somewhere knew what to expect. Yeah. And I went there fully prepared. And it was so strange. And now I think back and I thought, goodness, that was an interesting day. Because I was completely in charge of that situation that day. We went into the emergency room and I was literally calling the shots. And I said, well, I need this test done, this test done. And I've come prepared for this. And I need it done now because I know what's happening. And I was not surprised or shocked or anything as the tests were done. And as I was being told, in fact, I was literally breathing down the neck of the doctor in charge that day to say, well, how do you still not have the, the results? Because that should be it. So show me, can you call? Can you call? And I'm, I'm going to wait here. And, and I think oh, anybody that knows you knows that exactly how you handle that situation. Totally, right? I said, yeah. like, what are you waiting for? I already know. Just tell me, tell me the details because all I yeah. wanted was to get the information so we can move on to the next step. And I already knew what the next step is. Yeah. And we had such an interesting conversation. And I have to say, even from that day, that doctor is still a wonderful friend. And such, <laughs> it, it was because he kept looking at me and said, what? what? <laughs> yes, yes, I see. I know, I know. Just, just talk to me. Tell me. Let's go. But the one thing that became really clear over the next few hours to me was I was not upset. I was not shocked. I was not sad. I was not angry. I was not grieving. I was none of that. If there was one thing that I was, and I continue to be even today, is look at it as a situation that needs managing and handled. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I thought, what? That's actually really good because not only is that keeping me in charge of that situation now, it's also helping people around me. Namely, on that day, the only person around me was Evan, my husband, who had no idea what was happening. And he had never, obviously, thankfully, never been in that situation where he even had to handle all this. Mm -hmm. So he had no idea what to expect and what happens next in this situation. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is a good thing because now I am now managing the situation. Yeah. So that took emotion out of how to handle this phase. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is a good thing because I'm going to call it a situation because the minute if I call it something else, well, naturally people 
tend to, we all humans, we tend to tend to place some sort of words like, uh, oh, it's a challenge, it's a problem, or um, sad event in my life, or now this has happened to me. Some negativity is attached to it. And that takes away the ability to think clearly and to handle mm. this as a situation, because yeah. everything is a phase. Yeah. And from that day on, well, that's what this is. This is a situation. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, and I think that's how you and I are quite similar. Washa, in that respect, that I'm a very logical thinker, very task-oriented person. So for me, regardless of what situation it is, personal or or professional, I'm always thinking, okay, what next? Mm. I've gathered the facts. This is what's going on. What do I do next? What do I do next? And that's just how my brain works as well. So I totally understand how you're handling the situation and and why you are even calling it that in the first place, because that's what it is. You are not your situation. Your situation isn't you. They're two separate things. And I oh, think I love that. Say that again. You are not your situation and your situation is not you. They're two separate entities. Absolutely brilliant. If you choose to handle the situation in isolation yeah. and just as a list of tasks, what to do next and when is it coming up, yeah. then it's exactly that. It's a situation that has a phase. It has a start and an end date. Yeah. I completely feel you. I understand how you're handling this and I think more people could learn a lot and could really take a leaf out of of your thoughts and our conversation today because obviously this is something that millions of people across the planet are dealing with every single day and just talking about it in this way and and not shying away from it and not giving it any kind of label other than it is yeah I think a lot of people will learn from that it's time to normalize this it's time to normalize this because it's no longer a rarity. Like you said, there are millions of people going through this. And it's time to normalize this and say, even though whatever the situation is, there is still avenues, there is still a possibility. There's always a possibility, even if it is literally for an hour a day or a minute a day, to feel happy and normal and energetic. Absolutely. And we must celebrate those moments and to normalize this. Yeah. And you will you will hear me say this a lot because that's what this is. That's what I'm looking to do. Yeah. We're not looking for, oh, so how long is the treatment or what's the prognosis? You know what? All of us, all of us put ourselves, every single person on this earth, put ourselves in a spot where tomorrow we could be hit by a bus. Do we go looking for prognosis? No, we don't. We get on the <laughs> It would be very exhausting if we did. Exactly. So why then mm. waste our time and energy into worrying about something that who cares? All yeah. that matters is today. Yeah. For all of us, regardless of, of, us. of what we're going through, because all we have is today. Yesterday is gone. Yes, and tomorrow we gone. didn't get yet. So we, we really only have today to today make that is difference. What matters. And, yeah. And to make a choice, what are we going to do today? And how are we going to live today? And what are we? Yeah. What energy are we giving out? What energy are we receiving? And yeah. I'm, I'm definitely from the school of thought that with any um, illness, your mindset and your outlook and your energy that you give off, yeah. you're halfway there already. Yeah. Yes. Um, regardless of what treatment you may be may be taking, yeah. your mental being and your your strength and how you are in your in your mind, it counts for an awful lot. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely 
um, from that school of thought. And yeah. that's why I remember the the morning that we had the conversation, Washa, the story that you just told um, of you going to the hospital. I, I think it was over the weekend. Yeah. And then we had a conversation at the start of that week. And my brain, my first thoughts were, okay, so what now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I ex- I've, I've taken on your news. Yeah. I yes, I'm feeling day. all sorts of things. Yeah. And later I'll probably process those, those feelings. Yeah. But right now it's okay. What now? What next? What do we do yeah. now? And, and one thing that I am 100% certain of then and today is that your outlook is going to the energy that you give off the people that you surround yourself with is going to make all the difference. And, and I'm vice versa. Of it. Yeah. It Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important with, like you said, surrounding yourself with that strong um, community, that strong circle around you of people that not only you know and trust, but people that you know are going to, you can bounce energy off. Yeah. And that's really important that you, you those people that are in your inner circle feel the way that you do about your situation. Yeah. Because not everybody does. No, not everybody does. And and one of the things um, that I was very conscious about and consciously making a decision on who I am saying yes to, to come in within my circle. And I still do that because mm. it's natural for people around, around me, around anybody in this situation and uh, to have friends who or friends or family or whoever to deal with this in their own way mm-hmm. and for some they deal with maybe anger on my behalf or mm-hmm. sadness on my behalf and the one thing that I said was that's no that I, with all the love and respect in the world that's not what is going to help anybody mm-hmm. in this situation so don't be angry. Don't don't be angry on. But don't have those emotions out there on my behalf, mm. because yeah. that's not useful. No, and I don't I definitely agree. I I'm very much um, from the school of thought where you think being angry or um, sad or regretful or whatever those things don't actually help. They're not productive. No. Towards putting a smile on people's faces. Absolutely. So why would you even say things like that? Yeah. And I I don't like, and that's just me. It is, that's my way of saying no, and that's not how I live life anyway. So I don't I don't prescribe to hashtags or words like, oh, kick cancer or cancer or whatever. I think, well, why? It's no. Mm. I don't like words like that. Mm. Everything to me around us is a is an energy. Yeah. Everything and has its place. Everything has its place. <laughs> it does. And very early on, I, I had said this to a couple of people and I thought, well, I should probably stop saying this because the looks I'm getting are <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. That's a <laughs> that's something for me to take away. I'm like, mm, maybe I should just say it. Um <laughs> Quietly. So my point on that in the early days was we have the power to manifest whatever it is. Mm. And if we say that we have the power to manifest all the good things, somewhere we have manifested this as well. Mm. 
And the first reaction was, oh, no, I don't believe that we we vol- we voluntarily manifest something like this. And I said, no, of course not. How no, many times no. do we go about and say, today I'm going to manifest something amazing in my life? No, we don't. We just get about mm-hmm. life. We just don't realize what energy mm-hmm. we surround ourselves with, what energy do we hold within ourselves. And we don't really know the answer to anything. Why do we catch a cold? We don't yeah. know. Someone sneezes, maybe we catch a cold. Yeah. Why does cancer appear? We don't know. I'm sure there's a ton of medical research going on, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Yeah, yeah. So I very much very early on prescribed to the thought that, you know what, if that has happened, I also have the the energy, I have it in me to now make a difference and positive difference for whatever, for curing myself or healing myself out of this and any number of ways to do this. Mm. So I was being very choosy about who I and what energy I let in. Yeah. So that's very important for me. I yeah. Because that doesn't help anyone. And it certainly wasn't going to help me. There's yeah. something I want to tell you. Um, and I know I've told you this. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Um, I'm sure I have. Tell me. Anyway, so in the early days, there is, there is something that I um, adopted as a routine. Mm-hmm. It was very random. The first time uh, I thought, well, I said it without thinking. And, you know, sometimes we just we just say things. Um, mm-hmm. And so this was very early in the morning. I, I woke up, brushed my teeth, and I have a makeup mirror next to the sink. And I looked at myself. And this is something I've been doing anyway. I look at myself every morning and I think, I really am good looking. And I love it because I, I love <laughs> how I look. It doesn't matter. But that particular day, I added something to that sentence. I looked at myself and I gave a huge smile and I thought, yeah, I do have a wonderful smile. And that smile today is going to make today exactly how I want it to be. Mm. And I want it to be filled with this smile. And that's all. every single day. Even today, I look at myself in the mirror and say, today is going to be exactly how I want it to be because how today is, how I look at today, is what will influence tomorrow. Because does it matter what happened yesterday? No, it doesn't. You can't change it anyway. No. I don't even look back. And you know me, Amanda. I'm, I'm very much the let's look ahead kind of person. I don't, yeah, me too. I, mm-hmm. I don't look at yesterday and cry about it because, you know what, there's nothing to cry about. Yeah. So that's my first thing that I adopted. I say, really cool. Yeah. I think there's so much power in a smile. And if you look at, at babies, it's, it's one of the first things that they do. And, you know, there's always this discussion in the early days. Oh, you know, he has wind or whatever. Okay, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on the baby. But it definitely smiling is one of the first things that they do. And how yeah. do they do that? They're just mimicking what you do to them. Yeah. Because nobody looks at a baby and, and doesn't smile. Unless it's 3 o'clock in the morning and they've been crying for the past two hours, then maybe not. But generally when you see one that's you know not crying and generally quite cute people smile and of course the baby smiles back there's so much power and it crosses all cultures and and languages and everything and it does if we smile at ourselves like you do first thing in the morning then that's already setting the tone for the whole day ahead yeah and no matter what happens on that day that's your starting point it is i think i think that's that's really really good that's amazing I like it. I'm going to start doing it. 
Yes, do. Please do. You have no idea how energetic I feel after that. And it's oh, that unstoppable yeah. feeling that comes over. It changes the way I walk, changes everything. It does, yeah. I can it imagine. Really yeah. yeah. I, I really like it. I want to go back to the point that you were saying earlier about normalizing Mm. a situation the, mm. the situation or just having it become uh, normal and you and I touched on this topic uh, mm. yesterday I think at some point when we were chatting it's becoming more normal now it's becoming yeah. more common yeah and I think we've come a long way I remember well, I don't remember because I wasn't born but I know the stories of it my mom's husband who was not my father uh, my mom's first husband he actually passed away from cancer and he was 27 years old when, when he passed away. Wow. So why am I sharing this particular story is because of the way that the situation was handled. It was very taboo at that time. So mm. we're going back now mm. almost 50 years. Mm. And this was in the UK at that time. So it was, as you said, you handled your situation when you went into that hospital on that day, you had control mm. and you said, okay, these are the tests that I require. These are the results I require. And you managed it. In those days, you didn't do that as a no. patient. No. You were not even told your diagnosis, Yeah. let alone treatment or prognosis or anything. Like that. It just wasn't discussed. No. And for me, who's born half a century later, I mean, I've discussed this with my mom over the years. And I've said, how did you handle that? Like, how can you not know or not yeah. want to know? Yeah. And she said that was just the way it was yeah. in those days. Yeah. You just didn't talk about it. Even if it was you going through it, it just wasn't talked about. The doctors handled it. They have their files yeah. and they went and they did their thing and you didn't ask any questions. And that is so wrong on so mm. many levels. Mm. And obviously we're past that now. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I still feel normalizing the entire situation and people... Yeah who are going through it, who have been through it, who maybe are yet to go through it. Yeah. Making it normal, it's part of the healing process. It is. I would imagine. It I is. I would imagine yeah. for you when you're out and about going through your day and you're in the public. Yeah. Having people just treat you as they always would. Yeah. It's probably part of the healing process for you. Yeah, it is. And by that, um, let me also explain, when I'm going, I'm out and about and I'm in, in the public sphere, how would they know and what's changed is because I my way of dealing with the hair loss is just dealing with the hair loss. I'm just not somebody who would wear a wig. The first first couple of times this happened, a good 18 years and 20, 22 years ago, I lost my hair and I used to wear a scarf. So just and now I thought, no, I, I can't be bothered. I just, no, I can't be bothered. <laughs> you get to that age though, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. there's, there's something about turning 50. You just, you stop caring about silly <laughs> things. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just refusing to wear a scarf. And I think, well, why? This is who I am today. I'm just going to be. Yeah. The biggest difference is like, that's, I was saying to you yesterday, after the, the hospital visit yesterday, I was out and about doing something and nobody well, I did. I did get a few. I do get random looks, but people just continue with life, and I think that's yeah. a wonderful way because you're not looked at as somebody odd or 
oh, or somebody to be pitied uh, about what's happening. No, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You're just saying, well, great, good for you, big smile, move on. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's amazing. And I, I think particularly for a woman, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, perhaps not so much for men, uh, particularly for a woman, it's a big deal. And then, you know, there is that choice. I remember my cousin went through this situation and she's now put that behind her and she's fine now. Right. And she chose yeah. to, oh, nice. she chose to wear a, a cap that was ice. It was incredibly yeah. cold. And, and they said, you know, it will help save your hair. And, yeah. and she did that at the beginning of her treatment. And she said the, the cap was incredibly painful. It was like literally sticking your head in the freezer. Goodness. She said it was mad. It was so painful the entire time. And her hair was falling out anyway. Perhaps less, yeah. perhaps slower, but it was. So she did exactly the same as you. She, she got a few treatments in and she went, you know what, I'm done with it. I am who I am and this is me right now. And she owned it. And Actually. why not? Because that's you today. I mean, we've all had crazy hair days i mean as a teenager i had a perm that was me at that time would i do it again no way i did it then you know i lived through it and i grew it out would i do it now no it's the same thing right and it's somewhere we hope there are no photos I, actually i think there probably are i think i was about 14 at the time quite scary oh, yeah, there are definitely photos I, I, I had to, i literally had to get up an hour earlier for school just to do my hair oh yeah. i had very long hair waistline and permed and in those days you know i'm talking mid 90s now yeah. it's very in to have a spiral perm like the spiral perm was the oh, thing i remember do. that so it was going you know yes it was the, my hair the, cork, the corkscrew correct yeah and wow my hair was not and literally, it took me an hour in the morning just to get it under control. And at the time, it was a fantastic idea because it was the 90s and everyone was doing it and Spice Girls and all of that. And would I do it again? No. No. It was me no. at that time. It's okay. Yeah. This is yeah. who you are today. Exactly. I think you look great. Thank I actually you. do. And that's very kind. You know, I'm not saying it because <laughs> that's the right thing to say because I'm not like that. I will I will yeah. say it. But I, 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 I know and I believe <laughs> I think I think you look great. I really do. And I, I remember when your hair started to fall out and you sent me the photo of yes. the shaved version. Yeah. And you looked fantastic. That was my first thought. Like, oh my goodness, how can this woman carry this hairstyle off? It's brilliant. You looked younger, you looked fresher. Yes. And even now, you actually look 20 years younger than you did six months ago. I don't know how that's possible, but it's yeah. really it's amazing. And I think you're absolutely doing the right thing. Well, yesterday, Evan asked me this. He says, hmm, you're rebranding yourself as a bold business coach. Do you think you'll grow your hair after <laughs> this is all done? And I said, you know what? You've asked a question that is, I've been thinking about the freedom, the feeling of total liberation. <laughs> like I don't have to worry about my hair. It's just, it's lovely. And I love it. It's just, it's. Showers must be amazing. <laughs> quick in and out. It's just, it's wonderful. And will I grow my hair? I probably will, but I may not. And I'm totally enjoying it while this lasts. And, you know, like you said earlier, and I want to go back to that because a few people asked me this. She says, well, as a woman, how do you take this of not having hair? And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know if I ever looked at it as a woman, I might not have hair. Because first of all, I've been through this a couple of times before. So I knew what's going to happen. I knew what I'm going to look like because I've seen and I have photos from there. 
So I was peeling those layers after that conversation. And I thought, well, probably because we begin to some way identify as hair defines Mm. how I look or hair defines some concept of beauty of whatever yeah but does it no it doesn't put a smile on your face does it matter how long your hair is no it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman yeah it doesn't make any difference and okay and also let me put it this way as you know we have the freedom of doing what we do because we don't move in the corporate circles where you're expected to look a certain way where you're expected to show up Mm. with hair but should you be because no you know what? This is a reality for a lot of people. Does it define our capability in life? Does yeah. it define our ability to to play the roles that we play, whatever role this is? Yeah. No, it doesn't. No. And and the question that Evan asked you, that's also been going through my mind the last couple of weeks. You know, now you're the bald business coach and, mm-hmm. you know, what happens <laughs> in the future? Do you continue to shave or not? Or... But as you just rightly said, on the other hand, it doesn't define what you do and your ability to do what you do. So you're still the bald business coach, but you just have hair. Yeah. So you just add that part on. I've got hair now, but I'm still the same now. person. I'm still doing the same thing and I still have the same ability. Just the opposite of what you're saying right now. I had hair a year ago. I was a yeah. fantastic coach. I don't have hair. I'm still a fantastic coach. I'm going to get hair again. You're the same person inside. I think I want to reapply the word bold in a different way. And you know me, you've known me for so long, and you know that every word in this following sentence is true. Mm. The word bold also applies to the way I convey a message. There's no, <laughs> there's, if I have to say something, I just say it the way it is. No fluff. I have enough in me and, and enough in taking a situation for what it is and being able to speak the bold truth. I have yeah. never shied away from saying things the way they are. Yeah. That is definitely true. And I think that's what makes you who you are. And that is also what makes you handle everything, whether it's this situation or anything else. That's what makes you handle it so brilliantly because there's no extra. There's no fluff. It just yeah. is. The situation is, and we're going to deal with it. Even if it's a professional situation in work, this is what's happening and this is what we're going to do next. Yeah. These are the next steps. And there's nothing extra. No. And that's why you and I get along because I'm I'm very much the same. I come from a family of fluff. My family are very fluffy. There's me and my brother oh my who God. are non-fluffy people. Yeah. Uh, I have two brothers. One's incredibly fluffy. He's in the hospitality business, which is great because they need fluff. Yeah. So he's very happy over there. He manages a hotel. And my other brother is in the IT business. Not fluff. No fluff required no, no. by IT. He just deals with machines. He understands how machines yeah. work. He is an absolute genius. People, he doesn't do people. His company often try to relocate him and, and have him work in uh, sales. And he's like, people, I don't do people. But he's a man of very few words. While I'm not like that, I can deal with people, but I, I don't have the stuff. Mm. And, you know, I think sometimes that gets you into trouble. Yeah. Especially as, as a kid and as a teenager, I got into trouble for it. And I remember my older brother, the fluffy one, often would cover for me and my other brother. But mm. no, she didn't really mean that. What she meant was, and I was standing there going, no, no, actually, I actually I didn't, didn't mean that. that. <laughs> I actually didn't mean that. He was like, no, 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 come on, let's go. You know, <laughs> always trying to like, you know, fluff the situation. Yeah. 
discover it. Yeah. But I think why not? Why not just go out there and say it and be strong and, and yeah. just tackle it head on? In the politically correct world we live in today, somewhere someone listening might be thinking, well, sometimes it's okay to soften the blow. Uh, yeah, definitely okay to soften the blow. By saying things the way they are, at no way are we saying being rude about it, being yeah. aggressive about it. It just is... The sooner we look at a situation for what it is, mm. the better control we have over it is all we're talking about. But just saying the way it is, rather yeah. than hiding it and covering it, and then and then we're just delaying the process. Yeah, and like you said, you don't need to be rude. You don't no. need to have anger or no uh, rudeness not attached to it. It's not about that. No, it's about just saying how it is. Exactly, and this is this. Is, I go back to this. Why I call this a situation is because. We're now today talking about a specific situation that I'm dealing with. Mm. Everything that we're talking about can be applied to any situation in life. Because isn't that what life is? Just a series of situations. Yeah, a series One of situations. Yeah. It could be a situation in a business. It could be a situation as a parent. It could be a situation as a spouse. It could be a situation as a neighbor, as a friend, as a sibling, whatever. Aren't they all situations and aren't they all phases? Because if we haven't seen it like that, then it's equally true that if this wasn't a situation, if this wasn't a phase, we would probably be stuck in some sort of parallel universe loop that we never get out of. But we're not. We move on. Life moves on. There are happy days. There are some not so happy days. Yeah. We pick up something every day. There's there's something to be taken forward from every day, no matter what what happened on that day. Yeah. And then there's enough trust in us um, to be able to deal with the situation. As humans, we are incredibly resourceful. And you've heard me say this a lot of times, that our we are at our creative best when sometimes we feel our backs are against the wall because we have it in us to come out fighting because that's who we are. We look after ourselves first and there is no, there's nothing wrong in that. Look after yourself first because that's, and we only think if we do it when, Things are really stressful or anxious. Mm. But isn't that what we do every day? And that's perfectly okay. Own the space. Yeah. And choose who you surround yourself with. Because that's the other thing that I really learned very early on. And I thought, no, no, I now know who I'm going to be surrounding myself with at level one. And Mm -hmm. there are some incredible people in my life who have, for the past few months, have been such a strong support system Mm. present company included thank you very much for really being that person for me and it's wonderful how my immediate family has really rallied together and they've just formed this strong sort of a fortress around me to say you know what we're here and yeah that's the other thing and this is this is almost like a tip for the family and friends surrounding somebody who's dealing with this situation and this happened the first couple of times as well that I would dealt with this situation and it's happening now the one thing that really helps is for you as a caretaker you as the first defense you as your first the family or the friend inner circle is to keep the smile firmly on your face to keep the belief that this is a phase and no matter what, we're here with you, goes a long way. 
a long way in the recovery process. Yeah. So of course you feel the emotions, of course you feel sad, of course. And in, and at no point am I suggesting that it's not okay to feel any of that. Of course we feel that because we are humans after all. We, mm. we have all those emotions that we have to go through. It's just some people deal with it differently. Yeah. Well, if you want to shed a tear, probably not the best idea to shed a tear in front of the person who is going through this. Maybe yeah. sometimes all that is required is to just a squeeze of the hand and say, you know what, it's okay. We're good. We're doing this. Yeah. There is something my doctor said to me. I'm going to take this minute to, while I've been recognizing my wonderful friends and family support system, I have to say, so incredibly blessed to be surrounded by incredibly positive and excellent doctors. Yeah. Because my doctor said to me, when she laid out the plan, the treatment plan, she looked at me and she says, you do know all treatment starts here. All recovery process starts over here. And she tapped her head. Yes. And she said it with a massive smile on her face and says, all recovery starts over here. Yes. I was like, well, see, you already set the tone for me. That's brilliant. Yeah. So you already had that connection because you are of the same. Exactly. And I said, yeah, that language, I understand. Yeah. I love it. And just to touch on that, I think oncologists are brilliant at telling you the situation the way it is. Yes. And yet it's an art form. So incredibly full of empathy and really making it such a almost a positive way forward to it, whatever the situation is. I think Mm. they have really mastered that art. And I'm so happy that. I'm surrounded by doctors and nurses, everybody who just looks at it it's like, okay, another day at work. Well, we get you better. Keep yeah. smiling because all recovery starts over here. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So you're the caretaker, you're the you're a family. Know that all recovery does actually start here from everyone surrounding you. And just that's why it's so important to have that support system built. Um, because it's important. It makes a big difference. And that's why I chose not to make this situation public for a while, because you've got to deal with a lot of things, a lot of things, your own emotions, your own way of dealing with your own people around you. Yeah. But eventually I thought, okay, now I'm ready to talk about it. Because again, I'm not somebody who will stay behind the camera for too long. Because That's not what life is about for me. And that's when, as you know, and I said, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell the world. Because every single person who watched that video, by the way, that video is still making the rounds. (laughs) Every single person who watched that video, there were many messages on all social media platforms. There were WhatsApps, there were phone calls. There were so many, so many lovely messages coming through. And Mm. it was almost so heartening to know that, you only have to ask and people are there to help. And yeah. my only ask was, when you watch this video, send me a smile. And yeah. wow, was I sent some smiles, thousands of them. That's amazing. And most of them you didn't even know. I didn't even know. Maybe on the other side of the world and you don't have any connection with them whatsoever. And yet there was a connection right yeah. there because you asked for something and they gave it to you. And they gave so freely. And it yeah. just it restores a faith in humanity and you think, what do we cry about? 
Yeah. As humans, I think we get sometimes a little stuck in our daily routine yeah. and, and things that we are exposed to. Yeah. Generally, though, if you strip all that away, we are amazing. And we're we amazing wonderful. to each other. We and really together are. We're, we can create magic. I do believe that. And like you said, you put it out there, you ask, you get. And you and get some. And so generously. Yeah. The love that has been pouring in is some days it is quite overwhelming. And of course, then we all go through the doubts and you think, this is all for me? Wow. Yeah. Well, half of them don't even know me. And yet you think, but look how generous people are. Look how big hearted, so full of love people are. Yeah. I think that is our first instinct. Our first instinct is to be kind and full of love and to help. Yeah. I think there are times when, as, as humans, some more than others, they get distracted and, and things, yeah. other things happen. But generally, we are good at heart. And we, we are good. We want to help. And, yes. and you see it. In the most unexpected of places. Yeah. It's also happened to me a couple of times. There was a few years ago, I was in a, a car accident and I couldn't get the door open and my daughter was in the back. Oh, I don't know if you remember this, but I, do remember. And I couldn't actually open the door. It was a truck that hit us from the side and I, and, I, and I was like panicking. And of course, I knew she was okay, but I couldn't get the door open because the car was so damaged. Yeah. And it was rush hour, peak time, school yeah. run, get to work, busy, traffic. The whole of the main road, the whole of the main road that I was on stopped and at least eight or 10 different people got out of different cars and said, how can we help? Oh, look at that. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You don't know me and you yeah. probably have somewhere that you need to be. Yeah. And yet they're like, no, how can we help? What can we do? Do you need to yeah. be dropped anywhere? You, you need to get your daughter to school. And yeah. And I just, at times like that, you think people are so good. Yeah, they are actually really good, and yeah. and they give love freely, like you said. They do, and it is that also brought to light something that um, I know Evan had recorded a, a story and narration, and there's a line in that which said, "What is the bravest thing you or the bravest word you have said?" And the response is, "Help," because we think it is weak to ask for help. Is it though? Mm. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. And you will get it every time. Every single time. Sometimes from the most unexpected of, of places. That too, yes. But you will always get it. I think also it's sometimes difficult for some people to offer help. Yeah. I'm going to tell you another story now. So last weekend we were in Dubai Mall. And it was, it was a really hot day that day. I think it was over 40. And it was early evening, around 8 o'clock, 8.30, something like that. And we were in the food court. The, for those that know Dubai, the downstairs, you go through the food court and that leads you to the Burj Khalifa. Of course, tallest building in the world, full mm -hmm. of tourists, a lot of people walking up and down. 99.9% .9 of the people, tourists, that are walking there and sitting there. So we were sitting in the food court eating. And my husband said, check that guy out. I think he has a problem. And about three, four tables away, there was a guy sitting there with his head in his hands. And I thought he was alone at first. So we observed him for a couple of minutes. We saw that his wife had actually gone into a coffee shop to get a bottle of water. And there was a very long queue in that coffee shop. And she waited. I actually would have just gone to the front and said, can I have water, please? But anyway, she was waiting in line very nicely. And then she went back to him and she gave him the water. And the first thing he did was he put it on his pulse point 
and on the back of his neck, on his head. And you could really see that this guy felt really rough. And I said to my husband, I think it's probably to do with the weather. There's a lot of tourists, they come to Dubai, they don't realize it's very hot, it's very humid, they're very excited. They go out and they do lots of things. And then all of a sudden, it was really humid that night. And I think they'd come in from outside. So he clearly wasn't feeling very well. And I saw her go up to the security guy a couple of times. And I don't know what she said. And then she came back and she went again and she came back. And I said to my husband, I think they're waiting for something. Maybe she's asked for one of these golf carts that comes around or Mm. I don't know. So we observed them for another few minutes. And I said to Mark, I'm going to actually go and ask them if we can help. Mm. And at first he was like, really? That's a bit weird. Maybe, but I don't care. You know, he clearly is not feeling well. They're in a country they don't know. They're visiting. So I went over and I said, can I help? Is there something I can do? And she said, yeah, he's not feeling very well. And I don't know what it is. And I said, well, my guess, it would be the weather or the humidity. And yeah, we're tourists. We arrived yesterday. So we actually ended up dropping them at their hotel, which took us about an hour round trip. And yet, if we wouldn't have done that, they would have waited three, four hours for a taxi, as it is in Dubai Mall at that time. Goodness. And he, there's no way he could have done that. Yeah. And they were so grateful. And they were like, wow. And, you know, we don't know what to say. And what can we do? And we're like, nothing. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, we were leaving anyway. And yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Sometimes for people to offer help, mm. it can be challenging as well. Because mm. you're then okay, is this weird? Like, I'm just going to walk up to this person that I don't know to, hey, can I help? Yeah. And yet for them, they were like, wow, all of a sudden they weren't alone anymore in a country that they didn't know. What a wonderful story. That is a true story. And yeah, it was just for us, nothing. It didn't really cost us anything. It didn't cost us time or money. or, And yet it made a massive difference to them. Who, In that moment, that guy sitting there going, I just want to be in the hotel. Yeah. I just want to be in the hotel. And then you know you have a three-hour wait for a taxi. Yeah. Yeah, I think putting it out there and asking for help, and you will get it. You will get it. You totally will. How wonderful. That is true. That is yeah. so, oh, wow. That is That's so touching. Well done. That is a true story. It is. I put myself in his position, and I thought, would I want someone to offer me help? I would. Yeah. Can I give Definitely. you a lift? I can get to your hotel faster? Yes, please. Of course. And being able to say yes, please, is also. Yeah. Like I said to you, I get all these messages and I'm thinking, really, this is all for me? And I thought, well, why am I surprised? I asked for help and I'm getting it by the bucket loads. Yeah. And that's all I want. Yeah. Just a smile, just some wonderful energy because I know I got this. I'm surrounded by people who are with me. Great. Let's get on with life. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, something else that I want to talk about here. I want to use this opportunity, this platform to say, like we were talking about normalizing things, mm. there is an amount of, and of course, fully justified, there is an amount of trepidation. There's a massive amount of anxiety, stress, everything attached to this particular situation. Just the word mm. cancer brings mm. shivers down people's spines. Yeah. And again, we would rather avoid talking about it we would rather avoid not knowing which is and I don't want to know mm. so if I were to just talk about my story right now having been through this twice now somewhere we become very aware of our bodies mm. 
we know what needs to happen and we suddenly think, yeah, that's not right. I need mm-hmm. to be checked. Being aware of about, and I'm really, really hoping and wishing and praying that no one goes through this multiple times, let alone once. But the fact is, this is here to stay. So what can mm-hmm. we do to make sure that the situation is easier to handle? Is being aware of our own bodies, listening to our own bodies, and getting yourself checked. Getting yeah. as a woman, as a man, it doesn't matter if you're a human, get yourself checked. Yes. Do your annual tests and don't do it because, oh, it's a month of awareness and that's a thing to do. Mm. No offense to anybody who does that. The fact is, do it because you're doing this for yourself. Mm. Go get yourself checked. Give your doctors a chance to say, let's get you better if there's something not right. Trust your doctors. Trust them enough to sit down and have an open conversation. Because like you just said, we don't live 50 years ago. Today's doctors actually want you to know, want you to have control over the situation. The way today's doctors deal with situations is they're partners in the situation with you. Yeah, definitely. And get yourself checked. And listen to your body. Nobody knows your body body more than you do. More than you do. Exactly. Not even the best doctor in the world understands your body the way that you do. No, no, they don't. And it's so good that there are so many countries that are taking up this initiative. And, and, okay, I'm going to talk about ovarian cancer now because that's the situation I'm dealing with. Third time ovarian cancer. Well, the thing is, ovarian cancer is, and I was reading this somewhere, and it said it is the most underdiagnosed, underfunded, and most misunderstood mm-hmm. in terms of women's cancer. So I don't know at what level this is true or what level, or if there's several more layers to be peeled over there. But that resonated with me because I thought, well, do you know what? And it's also termed as a silent killer. Well, silent. Let's just stick with the word silent for now. Because mm. it really doesn't give out any symptoms. You mm. don't know what is happening till the time where it may be a little bit too late or maybe a little bit too, which creates a slightly longer situation, journey, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Mm. And that's even more important to why you should be going through your regular checkups. Yeah. And as it happens, where we're recording this in September, I think the episode will be released in September. March and September are in different parts of the world taken as awareness months for ovarian cancer. But how many people know about it? Because it's not fashionable enough yet. Yeah. Because I don't know why, because it doesn't have a fashionable color to be associated with. Yeah. Do you know the the color that is associated with ovarian cancer is teal. How many of us know what teal even looks like? That is my favorite color in the whole world. I do. I'm glad you do. Tiffany. I'm thinking Tiffany right now. Yes. So teal is the color, but how many people actually know what happens? How many people talk about this? Yeah. Do we see this on magazine covers? Do we see this on splashed about in social media? Do we see some drives? Do we see awareness campaigns 
Do mm. we actually see people paying any sort of attention? No. And it's not yeah. the people's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just we don't talk about this enough. Yeah. And we need to now talk about this. That's one of the biggest ways to normalize this, to talk about this. Go get yourself checked. Mm. And it is confronting. Of course, it's confronting. Even listening to me talk about this is confronting to a lot of people, I'm sure. I'm still very happy that they're still listening to this conversation. Yeah. Because at no point can we do we, we never lived in that sort of a world, and yet we do, because every time something happens, we think it's going to happen to someone else, never me. Yeah. Someone's house gets burgled. Oh, that happens to someone else, never me. Someone gets That's sick. Oh, that happens to someone else, never me. No. Yeah. You are that other person to someone else. Okay. And there's every chance it will happen to you. Have we ever gone through life thinking, oh, I'm never going to get a cold? Great if you don't. And yet it's okay if you do. Because now we have normalized a cold, a common cold. We even call it a common cold. I think even if we look at the pandemic, we've normalized COVID. That, yeah, that too. I don't think there's a single person on this planet that hasn't had it. Yeah. And yet it's just one of those things now. It's, it's integrated it into society. I mean, yesterday my, my daughter came home from school and she was like, oh, my friend's got COVID. Two years ago, we'd be like, oh, my God, what? Really? Oh, oh we'd all be panicking and there'd be lockdowns. And oh, my goodness. Now we're like, oh, she's got COVID. So she's off school yeah. and she'll join oh, online for a couple of days. And then, and then she'll go back. It's normal now because yeah. we're living it and it's visible. And we talk about it. it and we, my goodness, have we talked about it for the last yeah. two years. And now it's just is. It is. And I agree with, with your it point. Is. We need to talk about it to, to, yeah. for it to become normal for us to just see the word and to register it and say, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's visible to me. And it doesn't matter who. And by that, I mean, it can no longer be looked at as, oh, this is a woman's cancer. So women need to pay attention to it because it affects lives across the board. Everybody needs to pay attention to getting yourself checked encourage people and after hearing this if one person goes and gets them checked and returns home with a smile to say yes I've done it and I'm okay I'll yeah. be very very happy yeah. very happy it's about time we started talking about this yeah I completely agree with you I do have a question for you Ooh, Masha, yeah. that, that's been sort of burning in my mind for the last months actually mm. as you said for somebody that's going through this for the third time mm. What are you applying now in your current situation that you've taken from either or both of the previous uh, times before? And what have you decided to not do or say or carry forward? How is this one different to the other two or is it not? Mm. Is it exactly the same? Mm. What do you learn each time you go through this? Brilliant question. What did I learn each time? What are you now doing that you're saying, I did it then, that was amazing, I'm doing it now, or I did it then, not going to do it now, or that could be anything from, you know, vitamins that you're taking, to water you drink, to people you surround yourself, to anything at all. Is there anything that, for someone that's going through this multiple times, because there are people out there that are going through this the second, third time like you are. So what are you carrying forward and what are you choosing to leave? What am I carrying forward and what I did then, the first time, second time, and now the third time, is making sure that, A, I give enough time for myself for exercise. 
keeping my mm-hmm. body active, yeah. exercise and keeping my brain active because I was working throughout then as well. And I'm determined to work through this. Mm-hmm. I need that space because that's one space where my energy is focused on something else that I love doing. And that's yeah. a great way. So even if it is for an hour a day, it gives me enough energy to then think about the situation. And today, what do I need to do? Mm. So it's important for me to have that normal, and I say it in quotes, it's just normalcy with a working yeah. day, working week. Even if it is now, my working week has come down to three days a week. And that's yeah. okay. That's three yeah. days more than I thought it would be. And that's just amazing. Yeah. So I continued working then and I'm continuing to work now. Mm-hmm. Exercise is hugely important because exercise, whether you're going through a situation or not, it is great to exercise anyway. It changes how you look at life anyway. Just It's, it's a great uplifter, getting yeah. some fresh air, going for walks, getting some exercise done. And vitamins, yes, getting through your supplements and being religious about it. And I say religious, I don't mean any other way than to say putting some sort of a discipline around it. Yeah. Putting some sort of a discipline around your day helps. Yeah. Something that I'm choosing this time not to do is worry myself with covering my hair. Just And that's something I did the first time. Didn't do it the second time. Definitely did it the third time. When I started losing my hair, I said, okay, that's one thing I don't want to deal with because there's one thing less to worry about. I just went and shaved my head, as you know. I said, just, okay. <laughs> if you, because I have to say, and I said this to a couple of people and they looked at me, I thought, that's a weird thing to say. And I said, yeah, because it's a weird situation. There are very few things that, are annoying to me than waiting for that hair fall to go through it's coming. Its progression. Oh, it's actually coming. There's nothing. Goodness really me! It is one of the most annoying things to think. Oh, good. Now I have hair on my back. Oh, look, the hair on my desk. Think, <sighs> this has to be the most ridiculous thing ever. Just no, I am not dealing with that again. Just <laughs> get it out, yeah, yeah. shave it, and be done with it. Yeah. Did I look at my hair and think? Oh, wow. I do have a lot of hair and I always think my hair is thinning <laughs> out, but no such thing. We have you see, a lot of think hair. Yeah. It's a lot. Done. Yeah. So that I said, now I'm going to do it because I just, I don't like fuss like that. So that's out. Something else that is almost like a renewed memory and renewed skill that I'm bringing forward again. And I have to say, this has to be the funniest thing. And I thought, huh, I forgot entire situation. Mm. You know, you lose hair. Along with that, you lose your eyebrows as well, not just hair on your head. And suddenly yeah. you realize, wow, I look, I look really bland. <laughs> yes. And I need to start painting my eyebrows again. And when I mm. say painting my eyebrows, it's literally putting some shade. I, all I do is I have black eyeshadow, powder eyeshadow, and I paint that over my eyebrows with a brush. There you go. Like that. There's a brush. <laughs> black powder eyeshadow and I literally paint it over for whatever little uh, hair I have on my eyebrows and that's it yeah and that in itself is a skill it's a skill and a requirement for anyone going through totally what you're going through. and it's wonderful suddenly to see your face transform and I think oh yeah okay that looks a little bit like me so it was so funny that 
oh, Evan, look, I have forgotten. I used to do this. Hold on. I have the brush and I have the powder eyeshadow. Today is my win for the day. I'm painting my eyebrows. <laughs> you have eyebrows again. Yeah, but these are small things, but incredibly important, right? Yes. Because yes. I think as humans, when we put a face together in our mind, yeah, whether that face has hair or not, yeah, it's really neither here nor there. But yeah. eyebrows, eyebrows, that causes us to go, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that I look weird when I look at myself. I think everyone at some point has shaved their eyebrows. I know. Well, I know I did when oh. I was a teenager. We were doing it for a joke, and oh, it seemed yeah, really yeah, funny yeah, at the I time. It was a really good idea at the time. But anyway, we were 12 years old and we were doing a sleepover. So it ended up in eyebrow shaving. And that's weird because, you know, at 12 years old, you don't really know how to paint your eyebrows back no. on. So I literally just had to wait for them to grow back and it just looked so weird. Um, the group of friends that I had that were with me that day, we all just walked around looking really bizarre. Until yeah, they grew I'm back. sure you did. It's so important part of the face to put yeah. the face together. Yeah. And when you realize that they're gone or you know you're losing them yeah you need to put them back on and I choose to do that because it just it to me as you said it's just it frames the face and gives a little bit of color Mm -hmm. to my face otherwise it really looks so washed out and the other thing that is coming in a few more weeks is and that happened before as well which I didn't do much about I will lose my eyelashes as well yeah and that's why it's important that I use the same powder eyeshadow and I line my eyes. So it's not immediately mm. apparent that I don't even have eyelashes. But yeah. then these are little things. It's so random to talk about eyebrows, but it's yeah. such a, it becomes such a big part of this whole it does. scenario. It becomes part of your daily routine. <laughs> and it I think does. it's important to, to acknowledge it because it's small yeah. and yet it's a big impact. It is. It Especially if, if you work like like we do, and like a lot of people in the world now also yeah. do, and you work a lot on the screen and on Zoom, yes. and you need that. You need to look. Zoom anyway makes you look strange. Good colors. Oh, I, and, I was know. going for good, but okay. <laughs> no, it does. I mean, at least for me, I find that Zoom makes me look really strange. I don't know why, but I gain like twenty kilos on Zoom. I, hey, don't we all in front of the camera? <laughs> that's just me talking about weight. That's something that happens, and it's happening to me. And yet I'm okay. Drink a lot of water because dehydration is a thing. And you realize how quickly your body can get dehydrated. And also because you're given a lot of steroids, your body responds to it in a different way. And you do feel the swelling. You you feel the shape of your face changing. Mm. You will gain a little bit of weight. But eating healthy, being very conscious about how you keep yourself active and eat healthy and drink a lot of water also goes a long way in that recovery process because I've recently, for those who don't know, Amanda, you do know, for those who don't know, Evan and I went through the past two years, I think two, three years, where we realized that we love each other so much that we didn't see each other growing about 20 kilos more than we we were when we were met. And I thought, what happened to us? How do we not see each other looking like that? So we <laughs> we decided that's it. We're going to get fitter. And recently we realized that we individual, each of us lost about 20, 22 kilos. So already we were feeling very good about the whole thing. And I'm determined to make sure that that still continues being healthy. And it's not about losing a certain number of kilos. It really is about getting to that healthy body weight, getting to the Mm. place where you feel good about yourself. And to be fair, 
we love to eat. So there was not a time where we weren't feeling good about ourselves because we were totally happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But the point is we, when we looked at each other one day and I thought, oh my God, did we actually look like that three years ago? Burn those yeah. photos. <laughs> I mean, even for me, when I see photos of, of the two of you from a few yeah. years ago, it's surprising because when you see each other every day, where even if it's only on the screen, you exactly. don't notice as much. Mm. But when I see photographs from then, I mean, that what I said earlier is absolutely true. To yeah. me, you look 20 years younger than you did a couple of years ago. Without hair, it doesn't really make any difference. Yeah. You look younger, you look fitter, and you look amazing. Yeah, thank you. If I was to see you now and someone said that you're going through what you're going through and the treatment that you have and the intense treatment schedule that you're going through, yeah. I wouldn't know. I actually wouldn't know. And I know you very well. Yeah. I, I don't hear it in your voice. I don't I don't see it because you're just dealing with it in isolation every day, yeah. whether it's a treatment day or it's a not a treatment day. And you're making the best out of it. And you're not sitting there at any moment going, oh, you know, tomorrow's my treatment and I'm going to feel like that. And I've never heard you say anything like that. And you never will. No, because I know about it. And tomorrow I will take the day as it comes. Yeah. That's pretty much what what it is. And you asked me the question, and I'm still thinking about it. What am I doing differently? So when you said, well, there are people out there going through this multiple times, and this is my third time, I think I do say it when I talk about it, that this is the third time. Mm. And yet I find myself less anxious the third time than I was the second time. Mm -hmm. Because second time was more of a shock. And the second time was literally two years after the first time, mm-hmm. two, three years after the first time. I thought, what, again? And mm. now, 18 years later, I'm a little less anxious about it. I don't know why. I cannot put a finger to it on it. It's just, I don't know mm. why. Okay, so it's happened again. Right, at least now I know how to deal with it. Yeah. That's Maybe that's how I'm taking this. And I don't know if it's helpful listening to me go it almost dispassionately Mm. I'm okay with that because so is the third time the wonderful thing is medical technology the way doctors deal with this the way care is available everything has changed dramatically in the 18 years yeah so today's experience is very different from what it was 18 years ago so one of my ways of not basing to what today's experience might be on what it was 18 years ago is actually helping me because if that was the case then I would be worrying about this a lot because the second time was particularly difficult Mm. it really was one a fairly challenging phase of my life Mm. but if I were to think well all that happened 18 years ago so there's every chance all that will happen today will happen today I'd be a mess Mm. so yeah Again, coming back to taking this every day as it comes. Mm-hmm. Someone asked me last week and I met somebody, and it was a question that came through. And so, how did you deal with the anger? And I didn't quite get the, the question. And I thought, well, what do you mean, like temper? I do have a temper. I don't, at least did. And then mm-hmm. I went through my own lot of evolving and whatever. So, I'm a very different person than I was in my. 30s, 20 years ago. And she looked at me and said, no, no, no. Anger that this has happened to you 
Where are you directing that anger if you were to have it? And why would it help you anyway? Yeah, and that made me sit back and think, well, was I angry even the first time or the second time or the third time? Mm. That's just something that emotion didn't even come through. Mm. It was more shock that, oh, this has happened than why me? Mm. I was never angry at the situation, even then. I was not sad. I was not angry. And I'm not angry today because I don't know why. I was asked, I said, well, why not? And I said, well, I don't have an answer to that because I'm just not angry about it. Mm. Again, the third time, something that does not happen in the three times is me asking why me. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong or why response to this, but I do know that That is one of the most recurring questions that a lot of people ask in whatever scenario, particularly Mm. with cancer. Mm. And But why me is a question that a lot of people ask themselves, whatever. Because I don't know, what might be a fairly grave situation for me might be something so simple for someone else. So this is a relative situation. It's very subjective, Mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So... I have no answer to that. I've not asked myself why me. I've not cried about it. I was anxious when I was like, oh, that starts again. And like, okay, how do I deal with this? And mm. and don't get me wrong, I did let it out and had a good cry. But that was good. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm gonna have a good cry. And I felt yeah. so much better after it. And I thought, okay, fine. At least I'm, that's out. Yeah. What's next? And we move on, yeah. So I'm not saying that I'm not allowing emotions to flow through. I'm allowing every emotion that appears to have a place to acknowledge it and also say, okay, mm. your role is now done. It's now mm. time for me to move on. Yeah. I'm just saying what emotions have made an appearance and which haven't. Mm. Anger has not. Yeah incredible love for myself has and I realized today that what has really come through the third time which didn't for the first two times is I look at myself today and I give myself thanks and I give myself the acknowledgement that I still have it in me I got this and I love myself I love my body I love who I am Mm. because what has very strongly come through that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. If you don't believe in you, nobody else will. Nobody else will. And yeah. I totally believe in myself. Yeah. And I love myself for it. I love the fact that I wake up every morning and I believe and I know that as long as the sun rises every morning, today is a brand new day and yeah. everything is right in the world. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of power in that regardless of what you're going through whether it's something physical or emotional or yeah if you don't love and respect yourself it's quite a cliched thing and yet it is absolutely true it is if you don't love and respect yourself then how can you expect anybody else to, someone else to do it for you yeah you're giving off that that, that vibe into the world every single day yeah and i think the way you choose to go about your day and almost reconnecting with yourself on some level yeah, because of the situation that you're in and what you're going through. And you've cut yourself some slack for it. 
Yes. It's okay. I mean, you, yes. like we've, we've said this before. Some days are different. Some days are slower. Yeah. Some days are faster. Some days, you, boom, you're on fire. Other days, yeah. mm, you're not. So, and it's okay. Yeah. Everything is okay. Cut yourself the slack. It's yeah. fine. And I think it's amazing that we as a company and we as colleagues and as a team have managed to find a way to work around your treatment schedule. Yes. So what? You're on fire for three days of the week, the other two not so much, and that's okay because we're working yeah. with what we have. Has that slowed down our progress as a team? No. no. Has it changed any of our ideas or strategies? Or No, it hasn't. Yeah. We're just working with what we have and cutting yourself to slack on the other days. And I think that is incredibly important as well because if you were to set out on this journey and say, no, it's not going to change anything, I'll be working as I was before and nothing's going to change, I don't think that's true. And it will change. And then you'll be shocked and you'll be sad and disappointed in yourself. Like, why am I not doing what I did before? Yeah. You set the tone and say, okay, things are going to change. This is how they're going to change. And we as a team have acknowledged that. And, and I think in terms of productivity or anything with regard to the business and what we do every day, that hasn't changed. No. Our output's the same. No, that hasn't changed. We just work around with what we have. And I love every single person associated with the company who are really embodying this as well. Say, so, you know what? That's great. We still got this. If it's three days, it's three days. Rest of the time, you go yeah. do what you have to wash up. We got this. And it's, it speaks volumes about how we've brought this, this company together, people together, and the ethos that still is, is become part of our DNA. Today is a day and it'll be exactly how we want it to be. It will. It will. And the best part of today is you and I starting off the day with this conversation. <laughs> so this is going to set the tone for the rest of my day and uh, and into the weekend as well, because it's been a while since since it you is. and I had one of our coffee chats. And uh, one day I'm sure we will have a real coffee chat. As in, Yes, we will sit down and have a cup of coffee. We definitely will, even though a lot of the times neither of us actually drink coffee. Um, no, I, I, know, do right? sometimes. I do sometimes. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't drink coffee. So right now, I, I'm just... It's more about the chat than the coffee. It is more about the chat than the coffee. That is true. I'm sipping my water. And yeah. I don't know, are you having your tea? I actually didn't get to it. So I have water as well. I, mm. didn't, I didn't get to tea. That's... Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it fell off my, my to-do list this morning. You know, for me, every day is different. And a lot of that depends on what speed my daughter's on. You yeah. know? <laughs> She has two speeds. She has slow. I'll do it when I can be bothered because it's me. And stop. These are the two speeds that she has. Right. And I realized over the years that if I push her, if she slows down. <laughs> so now I know, okay, just leave her. Back off. Yeah. So it just depends on what variation of slow she's on in the morning. And <laughs> in that way, she's just like her father. You want something from her at one in the morning, two, two in the morning? No problem. She's fully there. And she will do it. Morning time, as in getting up, going to school? No. You are that's night all. owls. They are night owls, yeah. <laughs> I am definitely more productive in the morning. They are more productive in, in the evening and at night. But, yeah, so today she was on a bit of a slow, slow. So, yeah, that's why my two minutes to make my cup of tea before I joined didn't happen because they were taken for something else. While we're talking about your daughter, I have to say this. Right here on my desk is a is a plant pot 
with succulents in it. And those succulents, and there's a card attached to it, handwritten, hand-painted and everything, which were a present from Amanda's daughter. So Amanda, that sits here and they're doing so well. And I look at this every single day because the day this plant was delivered to me, you drove past the hospital, you delivered to me on day one of my treatment. Yeah. And that put a big smile on my face and that handwritten note by your daughter, which says, you got this and I love it. And that's yeah. it here and I will look after it. And I know it's going to continue bringing that love and energy. So it, it was you. so important to her. Yeah, I remember that day. I want to talk about this a little bit because I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, stay with me. First of all, it was very important for her to give you these plants. Um, yeah. She's a plant fanatic. And it was very important for her that you have plants as well. She remembers, as you said, she's grown up with us mm. in, in the company. And mm. she remembers going to, to the office that we had and how many plants yeah. we had. So that's very strong memory for her. One of her childhood memories. Oh, all the plants were there in the window. and So it was important to her. And it was incredibly important to her that she created this gift card. And I don't get involved in anything that she does. I don't tell her what to write or what to say or what colors to use. I mean, she's old enough. and smart enough to know what she wants to say and sometimes she blows me away I think where did you get it from this plant your dreams that she wrote there I was yes. like, wow that's brilliant I said did you see it somewhere she was like no it's from my head I just thought it was a nice thing and you know it, it, plant your dreams right and I just thought wow if I'm doing something right in my life if I'm bringing up this human being <laughs> then I'm doing something right because this is amazing if she continues to think like this then my job is done and, and i I'm just so proud of her in, in that way that she, this is her outlook on life. She has so much love to give and so much good energy inside of her. It's phenomenal. I don't know anyone else like her. She's amazing. And I'm not just saying that because she's my daughter, because of course she's amazing, but she really is. She just has this, this personality of, of, that she of does. love and energy. Yes. And I have noticed with her over the last maybe week or 10 days. Mm. So obviously there's been people in my close family that have dealt with cancer and Mercedes was either not born or she was a, of an age particularly with my dad that she didn't really understand it she was only four years old so we made the choice as a family to not tell her there's no point to tell her something that she doesn't yeah. fully understand so we left it and nothing was ever discussed now of course she's because we work the way we work remotely She's very involved in what I do every day. Yeah. She's very involved in the company and the podcast. And I mean, yeah. it's crazy what she knows. So of course, she's used to seeing your face. Yeah. And she saw, uh, day before yesterday, I was working on something on the screen. And of course, she saw your image. And that day when we drove past the hospital to deliver those, those supplements to you, yeah. she wanted to know why. What's wrong? Why is Washa in here? So I made a choice on that day. I thought either I'm going to keep it from her again. Mm. Or I'm actually going to tell her. And so I, of course, broke it down into the most simple way that I can to tell the 10-year-old. And I told her that this is the situation and this is what's going on and you know, treatment. And because of the treatment, you lose your hair and, you know, things like that. And I could see her working through it in her mind. Just day before yesterday, we were talking about it. And she was like, okay, okay. So then, yeah, I got it then. I said, do you, you have any questions? Is there anything like that? She was like, no. No, I got it. I understand it. I understand what the what this is. I understand what it does to a body. 
I understand the treatment and how the treatment works, again, in the most basic way that I could explain it to her. But she got it. And I just thought, wow. She said, yeah, so now Washa looks like that. I said, yeah, she does. Okay. Yeah, she looks really nice. <laughs> she looks really nice. I really like her lipstick. I was like, yeah, it's really nice. And, <laughs> and I just thought, if, if, if your story can make an impact on her life yeah. and how she looks at anyone going through this, and she can then spread that on, then amazing respect to you as well, Rasha, because you do impact everyone around you, even the small people. And the small people, you know, kids, they are, they take on a lot, a lot more they than do. we give them credit for. They do. Well, and if that means if I have helped somebody get a different perspective on how to deal with life, then I think today has already been a victory. Definitely. How wonderful is that? Definitely. Again, as I say, and we all have it in us. If we can bring about the tiniest of change in someone else's life, then what a great purpose it is to live the way we do. Yeah. That's been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for having coffee with me today. Coffee without coffee. Yeah. Coffee without coffee. <laughs> it means a lot because we tend to, we're very similar in the way we think and we, uh, we're unafraid of peeling back some layers. We're unafraid of just talking about what needs yeah. to be talked about and putting it out there and say, what well, you know what, this is what life is today and we'll deal with this. Important Absolutely. thing to remember is to keep saying, not keep saying, but really to believe that we got this. We have. We got this and yeah. we got today. And not because it's a hashtag or because it's oh, you know, yeah, no. the thing to say. No. But we got because it. you really believe it. And, and I do, I do. Yeah. And putting it out there every day and talking about it in this way and like like we said, if, if one person listens to what we have to say and it changes their outlook or it changes their thoughts or it changes the way they interact with a member of their family or friends or yeah. someone random on the street or in, the, in a restaurant, if it changes the way they interact with the, those people, then I think we did, we did a great job. We definitely did. Well, Amanda... What a wonderful, I don't even know how long we've been talking. And for those <laughs> continuing to listen to this this conversation, thank you for sticking around with us. And yeah, just thank you for keeping us company. We hope you've had a coffee because we don't have a coffee or whatever it is that you prefer to. Yeah, yeah whether it's a, it's a coffee or a tea or a water like us or a glass of wine, whatever it is that you're sipping as you listen to Two Friends Catch Up. We hope you have enjoyed this chat and yeah, and we hope you continue to take a few things that resonate with you and apply it in your lives. That'll already be a massive victory. Yep. It was a pleasure, Washa, as always. It was great to actually do this and to talk about this openly and it, it was a lot of fun. And the next time we, we do it, we will hopefully meet in a real place where we can really have yes. real coffee. That one too. <laughs> well, yep. Have fun, have a brilliant rest of the day and we will catch you next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you for joining us and for listening all the way through. To get the show notes, the transcription and of course to subscribe, visit daretoscale.fm. The success of the show is thanks to you. So please keep the five-star reviews coming. Remember to share this with your network and keep the community expanding. We'll catch you at our next episode. And in the meantime, keep daring and keep growing.